Welcome to Served Neat, hosted by your girl, Jen Hartman. I'm the CEO of Neat, a boutique PR and marketing agency based out of Louisville, Kentucky. I launched Neat in 2019 with just $3,000 in my bank account. Since then, I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of emerging brands and Fortune 500 empires. I believe that marketing and PR should be served neat, just like your favorite bourbon. On this podcast, you'll hear about the latest and greatest growth strategies, the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship, and so much more. Pour yourself a glass of your favorite bourbon because it's time to dive in to this week's episode. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, are you in Lauren's office? I am. Hi, Warren. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she went to go get her nails done. I swear, if she gets like hot pink nails for a photo shoot today, <laughs> you're going to have to like zoom in and like just click orange, click orange, or like some neutral color. <laughs> she knows my rules. She's not allowed. <laughs> I've made it very clear. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. But yeah, I think she's a uh, shot with me enough that she knows that she can't get all crazy. <laughs> yeah, no crazy nails. Oh, Jordan's making me coffee. Jordan! I just got a text. You were just pampered <laughs> in the Edmonds household. I, listen, they love me. <laughs> and I always have coffee and I'm grateful. My heart is full. <laughs> I'm going to have to come visit, take a little road trip. I was thinking this morning, I was like, oh, this is so weird to be talking with Jen, one, in Kentucky, and I'm not in the room with her. And then two, I don't have an Aperol spritz in my hand. <laughs> we somehow always find ourselves with the spritz in hand. <laughs> Even though I love bourbon so much, I do like spritzes. I think I saw a spritz on Instagram one day and I was like feeling just really frisky at the bar. So I was like, let me get one of these. Here's the Instagram. I want this. And she's like, oh, an Aperol spritz. And I was like, yes. And yes. I tried it and it flipped my world upside down in the best way possible <laughs> and now I'm kind of a spritz girl too I love but it's it. so off-brand you know what no not really it is orange it's orange but like so so bourbon. I think it's kind of on brand but we can have options sometimes I'm a tequila girl sometimes I'm a champagne girl it just depends on the day <laughs> or the situation <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Okay, so I was thinking before we hopped on here how every time we meet up, you say something really surprising about your past life. You'll be like, oh, oh yeah, I remember that one time where I was a gymnast in the circus and I traveled the country and I'm like, <laughs> what did you just say? You're like, how many lives have you had? <laughs> you should be 100 years old with the amount of life experiences I mean, you have I been feel through. Like, I feel like my soul feels 100 years old. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm getting a coffee delivered. Jordan! Hi, Jordan. <laughs> Thank you. And then some Baileys or something. No, just Come on, Jordan. It's time to step up your game. What are you step doing it up. over there? It's 10 a.m. We can it's 10 a.m. It's time. It's time to get wild. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I've lived so many different lives. And I've learned something from every single one of them, which it's so funny what I do now. I'm like, I never thought I was ever going to use that thing that I used in a past life. And now I'm utilizing it, which is so wild to me. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. I've had a lot of different jobs. Nothing like you have had, but I've had a few different jobs. <laughs> since I started working and I definitely utilize all the skills I've learned in each yeah. job in my role as CEO. So it is funny, full circle. Okay, 
so I feel like I haven't even properly introduced you to the people. So Alyssa is our content manager. She's been with us since last year. It feels like so much Coming longer. up on a year. Alyssa keeps reminding us this Saturday. I just like a year went by so fast. It feels like it's been a few years, but then like not a year at the same time. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes so much sense. So yeah, Alyssa has been with us since last year, almost a year. It's almost her one year anniversary. When this episode comes out, she'll be with us for one total year. One and year. we just love Alyssa so much. She is so great. Alyssa does work for our clients. She does the need account. She does our email. She does our content days. Alyssa's just like a jack of all trades, truly a creative unicorn. That's really what we need to call you. Like no longer content manager, you are a creative That's unicorn. Creative unicorn. You know what? I think that would look great on my LinkedIn. I think so too. I think people would be like, creative unicorn. I need a unicorn. I need to talk to her. Yes. She's my person. So Alyssa has really been behind the scenes at me. And I don't think you're a character. You're not a character that we've like properly introduced. I feel like people know me, obviously, because I've been with me. I started me. They know yeah. Lauren because Lauren has been a lot more front facing. And you've mm -hmm. kind of just been like behind the scenes and I've tagged you and things. So I don't think people know you know you. Like I know you. Yeah. I think a good starting point here would be for you to just give us like the highlights of your career. Again, because you have lived so many fascinating Oh my lives. gosh. <laughs> Like, let's entertain the people. Tell us highlights uh, of your Oh my career. gosh. I have been in so many different things and I'll just run down the list. And then if there's some that you're like, oh my gosh, what about that? You can point it out. I have been a hostess at a restaurant. I've been a assistant manager at a Blockbuster, Starbucks barista. I've worked in auto insurance. I've worked in home loans. Oh my gosh. I worked in foreclosures, leasing office. And then I was a teacher social media manager, photographer, all the things. There's been so many different things I've done. I swear at some point you were like, oh, when I was a flight attendant, like you've said something really wild. Oh yes. Her. I was a gate agent at a company. Yes. That's what so I, was. I worked for Horizon Air, which was the sister company to Alaska Airlines. So I was, I was the one you would see at the gate. I bet you have some really wild stories to share from that part of your life. Well, I'm sure you've seen celebrities. Yeah. I've met some really awesome celebrities that were just super kind, super humble. They sat in the boarding area with people. I've met some not so kind celebrities, but it is the most stressful time when you are going from one city to the next. And then every airport's different. So you're super confused. People are running around trying to find their gate. Gates are switching all over the place. So I understand the level of stress that people are at. But at the same time, it's not the gate agent's fault. They didn't physically go and move the plane. There are some things behind the scenes that people don't realize that are happening. Crews need breaks. Things are fixing on a plane. They got to swap out planes. So they really are for their safety. But I totally understand when people are really, really stressed. And then they come to us and they take it all out on us. But that's a part of the job. But yeah, I did it for a year. And I was, I have been called probably every name in the book. And probably even some made up. And I was like, I don't think this is for me. My heart cannot handle it. You're <laughs> and such an education. <laughs> Okay, so which was tougher, education or gate agent? Oh my gosh, probably education. You're dealing with a lot of emotions all day. So if you have 30 bodies in a room and you're just regulating everyone's emotion at all times. I taught fourth grade, so they're just on the cusp of all the hormones and you're just, sweetie, I get it. I've been there. <laughs> 
Ooh, fourth grade. That's yeah. tough. And I also feel like too, over the year, you build relationships with students and you get really yeah. close with them and you obviously want the best for them too. But yeah. I can't even imagine, I would say this, it takes a special person to be a teacher and like you are a very special person and I can see how you would oh thrive in that role because you're just so kind and you're so patient. I would not do well as a teacher. You would be surprised. <laughs> you would be really surprised because I think that when I used to think of a teacher, I used to think of the Mary Poppins style. Like you had to just be so prim and proper and everything had to be perfect. And then when I got into teaching, I was like, oh no, they need to see an actual human being that processes emotions, not understanding something. Cause I didn't know everything. And I don't like teachers when they're like, they pretend they know everything. Cause I think that's the best way to teach a kid is like, if they ask you a question, you're like, oh, I don't know. Actually, let's figure that out. Let's look that up or let's challenge that thought together. And then they just get a critical thinking process to it. So I I remember I had one kid, he was unkind and I was having a really, really hard day. And I just like stopped the class. I said, Hey, have you guys ever like woken up and had a really, really bad morning? Like you felt like you just got up and it was just one thing after the other. And they were like, yeah, I'm, I am having that day right now. So can we just take a pause? Can you guys bust out a book? I don't care if you color. I don't care if you do that. I need a minute. I need to just go like sit back here. And I just like need a minute. And they're like, okay. They were so understanding and so kind when I just explained that I was having a human emotion, like needed a minute. Like I needed to go sit in the back. I needed my cup of coffee. I just needed to like take a breath because it's either that or I'm going to snap and I'm going to take something out on you. That's not your fault. And I even said that it's not going to be your fault and I'm going to get snappy and that's not fair to you. So I'm going to go take a minute. 30 minutes later, we were getting ready to go on to the next thing. And this kid walks up to me and he goes, Hey, when we get back from art, do you think we could do some writing? And I was like, yeah, I would love that. He goes, great are you feeling okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling great. And I'm like, this is a nine and 10 year old. They are just like, oh, you needed a moment. And then that made it okay for them. If they were having a bad day, they just would come and tell me. They were just, I'm not having a good day. And I was like, okay, if you need a moment, just take a moment. But they learned how to regulate their emotions because I was doing it live for them. I so. love that. That's such a good story. That's a good one. Thanks for sharing that. We have to take a pivot. We got to yeah. on a different journey here and talk a little bit more about content. So you have really owned the neat Instagram. Alyssa has been doing this behind the scenes for the last year and she has been killing it. So I'd love to share with the people, the listeners, what has worked really well for account and what has not worked so well? This is a really, really good question. So I think what has worked really, really well is one, we've kind of leaned into a little bit of entertaining. We kind of poke fun at some things that are like happening. We tend to relate things back to what's happening in current culture. So like we did the Taylor Swift one that did really well. We did the Vanderpump rules. We talked about what was currently happening and why their PR marketing was working or what wasn't working. And it kind of just gave an example. And I think another thing that works sometimes, but not all the time is yes, we want to educate. People do want to learn things, but I think when we like inundate them with a bunch of education that people are, Ooh, that's a lot of information. Or sometimes people just talk over their head. They use industry lingo and people don't understand what what it is they're talking about instead of using layman's terms. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that you talk about the Taylor Swift post. I know Vanderpump Rules, like that was a really good one. And I feel like it was trendy. Mm -hmm. It was very timely. And I know those did well. I like that you touched on what doesn't work is just flooding people with too much educational content. Yeah. And I agree. We've gotten better about this on our own accounts because I know maybe like a year, a 
year and a half ago, we were just giving way too much information. And I'm sure people mm-hmm. were like, yeah, this is great. I don't really know what to do with it. Yeah. If you can break down a complex topic and split it up over into three posts and make it like a series, you're going to see better results than trying to write an entire blog post oh, in yeah. an Instagram post. That is not what Instagram is for. And I've seen that happen a lot in the online space where something mm-hmm. that should be a blog or something that should be a podcast, long form content gets squished into short form content. And it just is yeah. overwhelming. So if you feel like you want to put up something a bit more complex and lengthy, split it up into three days. Do part one, part two. Yeah. And then that just keeps people coming back. And then when you kind of leave them hanging, comment this, if you want to find out more or part two or whatever, your audience is going to tell you exactly what they want. Listen to your audience. Your audience is always going to tell you exactly what they want. Look at the ones, the highest performing, the highest shares and redo that over and over because it's only in their mind for probably a little bit of time. I saw something and then I kind of like forgot about it because there's just so much content. If I just kind of refurbish that content, put it out the next week, it's going to look like a whole different piece of content. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. Okay, well, I talked about that same exact thing last week. They don't remember. There's like so much stuff out there. Yeah, we do a lot of recycling of content, Mm -hmm. whether it's recycling podcasts, blogs, my LinkedIn posts, we recycle a lot of, which is great. And even past posts on Instagram as well. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to no, not at all. No, I think we overthink it way too much. And then we're like, oh, we could just do a piece that we did two weeks ago. And no one's going to even remember that we did that. Exactly. And you had sent me something a while ago, maybe like a month or two ago about how if you really want to make an impact, or if you really want to build community, it's in the stories and it's in the DMs. Mm -hmm. It's not so much on what you're posting on your feed. And that's where so many brands go wrong, whether you have a DC brand, whether you have a Mm -hmm. B2B brand, don't get too caught up in what you're posting on your Instagram feed because people scroll really fast. Yeah, They're not going to remember what they saw from your page because there's so much content on Instagram, but a lot of people spend time on stories. I know as someone who buys products and buys services, I spend way more time flipping through stories. I don't scroll on Instagram. I look through stories and I spend more time DMing. You can spend time building relationships with people that way, building relationships, customers. We don't do it anymore, but it did work well when we did it. We would send an intro message to every new follower just saying Mm -hmm. like, hey, welcome to our space. Here's what we do. Here's what we're about. Like, tell me. Yeah, because it just felt non-threatening. It wasn't like I was trying to just attack you with a sale. It was just, hi, I noticed you. Have a great day. Let me know if you need anything. And they were just, oh. And I loved when we did that. And some of my favorite product-based businesses do that too. For example, I use this brand all the time as an example, but I just, I love the president of the company, Brownies. If you uh-huh. follow them, you will get a voice note from oh my gosh. the president of the company. She is so kind. Like she will send you a voice note and be like, hey, Yeah, she's very sweet. Or if you buy the product and you tag them, she will also send you a voice note saying, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Like for them being as big as they are, the fact that she spends that amount of time in her DMs, Mm -hmm. like building relationships. And this is something Bridget from Got Personal also talked about when I interviewed Mm -hmm. her. Even though they're a seven-figure company, she still is spending time in their Instagram DMs, sending voice notes, sending messages, whatever it may be to like build relationships 
because there's so many product-based businesses that don't do that. And so if you mm -hmm. do that as a product-based business or even as a service-based business, you are going to have so much more business coming your way. And oh, we'll talk totally. about that too. Anytime I have friends who are like, oh, do you have like a product recommendation for X, Y, and Z? I'll be like, actually, this company is amazing. They sent me a voice mm -hmm. note. They sent me a face to cam video from the founder. Mm -hmm. Like you should check them out. That is what makes you a really memorable brand when you can go one step further oh, and yeah. engage with the customer and not just yeah. waiting for customers to engage with you. Yeah. And I think that they're just doing it right. They hack the system. The system is build your community, build that communication with people. I think people get so stuck on, well, I want this many followers and I want this. I'm like, if you have a million followers and it's not converting to sales, it's not making an impact in your company. What's the point? If you had 2000 followers and they're buying from me and I'm booked out, then those are my people. Those are the people that I'm going to like cultivate and have relationships with and build my community because then they're going to turn around and go tell their friends, just like you did with Frownies. You're like, oh my gosh, she's so kind. She sends this voice note that goes a long way. And I think that people get so focused on the number. And that's where I was saying with the Instagram gurus, do you want to grow in 30 days? This is how I grew my account in 30,000 people. And I'm like, are they actually buying from you? Or did they just follow you from some viral video sound that you did? Because that's not really going to convert to anything. Yeah, exactly. You make such a good point. The other thing that I think is worth throwing out there too, you can kill it on the gram. But <laughs> if you don't have a website or don't have a landing page, if you don't have somewhere to drive traffic to, or even mm -hmm. a storefront, if you have an actual storefront, if you're not driving traffic to where people can actually make a purchase, then that's also problematic. And it's important mm -hmm. to just go one step deeper. It's not just about the Instagram, right? It's like, yeah. where are you sending people? And it's important yeah. to really understand that and lock that in and making sure things are cohesive across the board, right? Because your Instagram account can look beautiful, but if you mm -hmm. have a really janky looking website and buttons don't work and words are misspelled, and, yeah. right? Like we got, a, pushing, we got a bigger problem. Yeah, we have a bigger problem. So you just want to make sure your messaging and branding is just cohesive across the board when yeah. you are doing all of the marketing Instagram things. And the other thing too, that I want to touch on is the fact that Instagram, all social media, not just Instagram is top of funnel. This is where mm -hmm. people are discovering you. And in yeah. order for people to make a purchase, you have to push them from top of funnel discovery to middle of the funnel where you're actually mm -hmm. building a relationship with them and then bottom of funnel where they're actually making a buying decision. So how do you yeah. do that? They discover you on Instagram. They go to your website. They join your email list or your SMS list. Then they're mid-funnel. Then they're mm -hmm. getting emails from you or text messages. Maybe you're communicating with them on Instagram as well via DM. And then from there, they're adding to cart or they're booking a sales call. So yeah. it's just important to understand that is kind of the buyer journey. Now there are going to be outliers here. There are yeah. more outliers. It's no longer A to B anymore. It's, yeah, it's no like, longer A to B. It's like a ping pong. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So like with that being said, somebody might find you on Instagram because somebody reshared your post and they were like, oh, mm -hmm. what is this? And they click it. Then they follow you on Instagram. Then they go to your website and they get a little bit curious. Maybe they join your SMS list. Oh wait, they're on Amazon later. They find your product on Amazon. They add to cart and then they purchase that way. So you never know kind of 
what's going to happen. But generally, the discovery is top of funnel, Instagram, any kind of social mm-hmm. media, PR, you're getting mentions in Forbes, CNN, whatever. Oh, it may yeah, be. totally. Or they're discovering you through influencers or at an event. But there has to be mm-hmm. something to push them towards where yeah. one, they can learn more about you, your product or service. And then two, there's actually something for them to subscribe to because Instagram, social media is great, but you don't own your followers. You don't own their information. So the goal at the end of the day is to get them onto an email list yeah. or to get them onto an SMS list. I think it was like a year or two ago that Instagram just completely stopped working and people were panicking. And it's if that is the only place that you are cultivating relationships, if that thing goes down, because it could go down tomorrow, what's plan B? What are you going to do? So yeah, like you were saying, they have to get on your email list. They have to know where your website is. They have to know what other places that they can find you. It can't just be one avenue because if that goes crumbling, you're kind of in hot water. Exactly. 100%. You need to have your backup options, if you will. And then the other thing too is Instagram is great. I love Instagram. I've been a user since I was in high school, (laughs) but it shouldn't just be Instagram when it comes to social. It should be Instagram and Facebook or Instagram Mm -hmm. and LinkedIn, Instagram and Pinterest. There should be other social media channels that you're utilizing for your business. Yeah. But I also want to add on that I think sometimes we can get so wrapped up in the, I got to be on every single platform. And that alone becomes super overwhelming because I know me, sometimes I can look at something and if it seems like a huge mountain, never mind, I don't want to do it. Because it's just like, it's too much. We're so overwhelmed with content. So pick the thing that you know that you're really, really good at. You are so good at LinkedIn. That's where your heart is and that's where you're for time into. And that has reaped results for you because you have put time into cultivating those relationships and your community on there. And Instagram works really, really well for you. You have a TikTok. It's just not where your heart lies. You kind of do more personal stuff on Instagram. That is also a great way that someone can get to know you because we are very nosy creatures. Like we want to feel we know everything about your life. We're in it. And sometimes if people can find like your personal account, they kind of get more involved and they feel like they know you and then they're going to buy from you even more. But basically what I was saying is just pick the things that you really, really love and you have a passion for. Don't try to do it all because you're just going to burn yourself out and then you're going to not do any of it, which is not what we want to do. Yeah, that's so true. Don't spread yourself too thin when it comes to social. I want to back up for a second. Something you said was really interesting. I'll tell you a struggle I'm having and maybe you can give me some advice. my content manager okay okay so I put my like therapist hat on yeah you're gonna be wait can you be my content therapist not only is she a creative unicorn she is a content therapist book me link in bio (laughs) she's not talking like she looks she's she is therapy she is wellness Okay. Anyways. So if you look at our Instagram page, it has education, it has humor, it has things that are very timely, whatever. It looks very like put together. I feel like from Mm -hmm. an outsider's point of view, here's where I'm struggling because on Instagram stories, it's a lot of me. And I used to be so personal on Instagram stories. I'd be like, Oh, here's me. Here's my dog. Here's what we're doing. And lately I've been like, I don't know what to share. Am I doing mini trainings? Am I taking people along with me? like for my day is it too personal at this point in the business because the business is not just me anymore there's a lot of us then do people think like 
okay, when I go to work with me, I'm working with Jen because I see Jen on Instagram stories all the time and I want to work with her. And then I'm also struggling with this balance of what's too personal. Do I keep it strictly professional? Do I, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, but I'm yeah. not super professional. Like, like you see my face right now. Like I am pretty casual. A lot of our clients know I'm very casual, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm having like an identity crisis when it comes to Instagram stories. And that's yeah. why if you're listening to this and you're like, Jen, where have you been on Instagram stories? It's because I really don't know what to do on Instagram stories lately. Yeah. I think one, when I see your Instagram, people love feeling like they know you. We are growing and it's so great to see that we're growing and we have more people involved. But at the end of the day, you did start the company and you started it with your personality. You are just this very personable, very fun. You let people in. You just make them feel very comfortable. You showing up in your stories, you make people feel like they know you and they know what you're doing. And then it's really neat when you you have something really big happen in the company and people just like rally around you and they're so excited. And that's because you took the time to build that in your stories. People feel like, I know Jen, I'm besties with Jen. You probably have people that you've never met in real life, but you feel like they're your Instagram bestie. So I think there's a couple ways you could go about it. I think keep sharing what you're doing and it could be, here's what I got on my list today. And it could be just from a CEO perspective, because maybe, maybe there's someone out there that wants to be a CEO and they're so busy looking at all these other people. Did it on a podcast before where you were like, people, I only work five hours a week and I just travel the world. And there's so many unrealistic expectations out there. And you showing up as a CEO and being like, today was hard. Today was this. You are being real. And to tie that back to even when I was in teaching, you're giving someone else permission to also be real, be very transparent because that's that vulnerability component that people are like, oh good, there's someone out there just like me that gets it. And then the other way you could go about it is you can involve team members. So you can bring in team members. Let's say Lauren. Lauren has a lot going on that day and she's, hey, I'm going to jump on stories, kind of just talk about what I'm doing as a COO, what I have going on today. It could be randomly if Sammy or Emily or any of the PR strategists wants to hop on and be like, day in the life, here's what I have going on today. We're writing a pitch for this person. We are doing this over here. It will just kind of make people go like, oh, this is what they do. That's really cool. So if you were sharing on your stories, let's do content day. Then people see, oh, we're actually doing things behind the scenes. It's not just these pretty things that just appear. We're having fun with clients. We're out doing different things with them. I mean, you were a wonderful shoe model for us. So (laughs) we got to show that. There's a couple ways I think you could go about, but I think don't ever stop kind of sharing. Obviously you don't want to give too much of your personal life away, but I think there's a healthy balance to kind of show people what's going on behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah. That definitely helps. Again, I've been having this like weird crisis of like, I don't know what to say. So I just (laughs) haven't said anything at all. So here's the other thing too, that I have been doing. I've been looking at other agencies who are competitors in the area and their founders aren't front feet. Their founders are nowhere to be seen. The CEO, you don't see their faces at all. And they so, don't exist. Yeah, they don't <laughs> exist. And they actually don't do a lot of marketing. Like a lot of agencies here don't do marketing for their own mm-hmm. agency, which is weird. So you have me who's very front facing and you just, you know who I am. You know what I'm about. Like, you know that I'm a part of me and I represent me. And I've just been like trying to figure out like, how do other agencies our size and bigger? How do they position their founder? And I'm not seeing a lot of agencies who do it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, 
like, I'm having a hard time with this because I don't see it. Yeah. I personally don't want to follow what everyone else is doing. Cause that's when you can kind of get caught up in the, Oh, everyone else is doing this. Well, I want to do something different. And those are the people that make the difference. I'm going to go back to the frownies owner. If she followed what everyone else did and was just on something that's reshared, didn't actually engage in them, she would not have the following and the community that she has now. So she took it a step further and it made an impact on you to the point where now you're going and telling everyone, oh, she sent me a voice note. That's so amazing because she did something that was outside of the norm. She didn't follow what everyone else was doing. So I think it's, yeah, we can kind of look at other people like, oh, what are they doing over here? But on your heart to be like, I want to be front facing. I want to tell what's going on. Then do it. Do what feels good to you. Yeah, that makes sense. And good at being front facing, not front facing. Oh, you're so good at it. Thanks. What I was going to say is I feel like I do it really well on LinkedIn. Like I very much share the real, the raw, the vulnerable. And those are the posts that always seem to go viral on my Mm -hmm. LinkedIn. They always do really, really well. And I have trouble carrying it over from LinkedIn where it's written format over to Instagram stories where it's video format. Mm -hmm. It's something I definitely need to work on because I can see how a lot of the content would do well on stories. I'm just having a tough time telling that story in video form, which is weird, right? Like you would think I'm a decent copywriter. I'm okay. Decent enough for LinkedIn. And you would think like, (laughs) oh, I can just like share it on Instagram stories, but it's a totally different feel. Well, it's a different style of storytelling. It feels more like you have to be, yeah, you have to be a little bit more open and raw. Whereas LinkedIn, you can type it out and edit it and re-edit it. That little joke that you wrote up and then you can send it out into the world. Whereas like stories, you're like, Ooh, this is a one take. We're just going to say it. And then I always say, just kind of say it, post it, and then don't go back to it. Don't don't rewatch it 50 times. Wait, I'm so guilty of that. If I post a story, I will watch it again and again and again and again. And you'll watch different parts. You'll be like, why is my eyebrow doing that? Why does my hair look like that? Oh my gosh, smiled so weird. Exactly. So I just say, just like post it and then walk away. Posting ghosts. <laughs> That's the one time I'll let you post and ghosts. I mean, reply to the people, but you don't even go back and re-traumatize yourself, I guess. <laughs> What a word for that. That's hilarious. Okay. I would love to touch on your predictions for content. What do you think is coming down the pipeline for content? Oh, that's such a good question. Long form content is going to be king. It's kind of like I've seen the ramp up. If you've looked at TikTok's giving you more link for your videos, I think Instagram is going to catch up because Instagram's always a little bit behind TikTok. Sorry, Instagram. (laughs) But I mean, Instagram has 90 seconds for their video they're going to expand that too. I think with their other video, they do lives or something like that. It saves it and it's still long, but they're going to expand their long form content. Podcasts are just huge and you're going to see a lot more video for podcasts just because it feels very real. Have you noticed you go through your for you page on TikTok or whatever? It's always conversations. And it's because that element where I said, we're just nosy people. We want to feel like we're a part of someone's life. And it's that connection that we're just craving and we can just watch someone have a conversation that's going to be huge I feel like this year we're going to just see more and more and I always feel like people are all oh well podcast is like kind of going out I'm like I think it's ramping up even more even YouTube's kind of coming back around YouTube did the YouTube shorts but I'm starting to watch more YouTube videos so think long form content and then just break it up and put it all over your social yeah I like that you mentioned that what's so funny is I used to be such a TikTok girl where I would watch like five seconds of a TikTok and just Mm -hmm. scroll 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 and like that's a lot of what I did during 
COVID, but recently I've been doing the same thing where I will watch a podcast. Two years ago, if you would have, oh Jen, one day you're going to enjoy watching people have conversations. I'd be like, you're crazy, but I love it. Like, for example, I'm a big Call Her Daddy fan. Love Call Her Daddy. Yes. Yes. And I watched- Jack Harlow was just on there. Did I watch that episode? Did I watch it three times? I watched it three (laughs) times. Love him. Love her together. So I watched that episode three times from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. And I was focused mainly because I love Jack Harlow. But I found myself more and more recently just like watching people have conversations and listening in on really long form episodes. And some of my favorite episodes are one, call her daddy if I need some like entertainment. But Mm -hmm. also I love my first million and my first million episodes are 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And I didn't engaged yeah. the whole time. So it yeah. is interesting to see that shift in my attention. And mm-hmm. I think you're right. I really do think long form content is going to be pretty big next year. And I would say yeah. if you're listening, you're thinking about, well, what kind of long form content is best for me? It's really going to depend. Like if you love being on video, maybe it's YouTube. If you love yeah. writing, start a blog. Or if you love talking, start a podcast. There's something yeah. for everyone. I think if you're thinking about starting a podcast and you're like, wow, the space is so crowded. I would disagree and say that there is still time to get in. And oh, 100%. We're still early, yeah. I feel like. Oh, yeah. Game. Yeah, I agree with you. And I I mean, even in the Instagram space, people are like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I'm like, you're going to find your people and those are your people and it doesn't matter. So the same with podcasting. You're going to find your people. They're going to want to know all about what's going on and they're just going to eat it up. If it's engaging and it's quality content, people are going to eat it up. It doesn't matter if you're posting once a month, once a week. If it is a solid podcast, I'm listening. and I'm going to like subscribe. I'm going to get the updates. I find myself watching the Megan Trainer. It's like Megan Trainer and her brother. I just find them so entertaining. I love how super vulnerable, very honest about things. And it's just funny to me. And I'll go and watch the video because I'll be like, I gotta know what's going on. I listen to their podcast, but I want to see their facial expressions. I want to see them having a really good time, joking and laughing. And then you kind of learn the inside jokes. You learn their mannerisms. And it's another element of kind of being a part of their lives and being involved. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Are there any questions you wanted me to ask you that I didn't ask? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, we were just kind of winging it today. We really were We were just very off the cuff, but that's my favorite type of episode where we're just oh, yeah. chit-chatting and whatever comes out, comes out. So I think um, we'll have to do, we'll have to, uh, what did I say the other day? I was like, we'll have to do an episode on being like, why your brand photos suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Not a mean way, but let's talk about what needs to change. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. We'll have to do that in January. Q- oh it's a gosh. Q1, Q1 thing. Ooh, yeah. Cause then people are going to be uh, getting some new photos or scheduling some new photos. So they need some like tips on how to beef those up. <laughs> yeah. No, you're really good with that stuff. Even yesterday, y'all, we had a brand shoot yesterday and just the way in which Alyssa works with our clients is really fun to watch. This founder, she wasn't in front of a camera a lot. And she had told me that Mm -hmm. when we met a month or two ago, she's like, I'm not really comfortable in front of a camera. I'm like, don't even worry about it. Alyssa's really good at telling you what to do with your hands and your body. And a piece of advice I heard you give her was movement. You need to rock back and forth. You need to move around. And those are my favorite pictures of people and myself where there is movement happening. I hate to see pictures of people that are just like stiff. It just looks like a year. It looks like some of them look like they're holding their breath. And then you look at it and you're like, I'm uncomfortable looking at this. (laughs) Yeah. But like being in front 
front of a camera is not comfortable. Like that's not natural no. for most people. And you're very good at directing people. And we can talk about this, like you said, in January, but it's so intimate. It's such an intimate moment to have a camera in your face. So like having someone who can kind of put you at ease and just be like, it's going to be okay. I know that this is super awkward and having this giant lens in your face is very uncomfortable, but I am going to work so hard to where you just have fun. My favorite compliment at the end of a shoot is someone goes, that was so fun. If I can get someone to say that at the end was like, oh, that was a lot more fun than I anticipated. That means so much to me because then I'm like, oh, you felt comfortable. You felt confident. You were feeling yourself and you were in your own skin and you were just owning it. That is the biggest thing for me. I love that. Okay. Well, I think we'll wrap here. That's the, the show. That's it. That's the tea. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Served Neat. I hope you enjoyed listening and found some tasty nuggets of marketing wisdom to help you take your brand to the next level. Remember, just like a perfectly crafted cocktail, marketing is all about finding the right balance and serving it up with a splash of creativity. So keep building, keep refining, and keep serving up your brand with style. And if you're thirsty for more insights, follow us on Instagram at Nate underscore the agency for even more marketing tips and tricks. Be sure to subscribe and join us for our next episode of Served Nate. Until then, cheers.